Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Amen. That's an amazing thought to think about, isn't it? Mary, did you know? At some level, it had to just seem like her baby. On another level, she knew that it was of the Holy Spirit. I can just imagine all of those things going on in her head and heart. I say I can imagine, I really can't. Well, I've, uh, I've asked several people or groups of people this week, are you in the Christmas spirit? And the answer that I've gotten pretty much is no. It's, uh, it's too early, or the tree's not up yet, or my baking hasn't been started yet, or, you know, various other things that to a lot of us, right, are triggers to cause us to get into the Christmas spirit, what, whatever that necessarily means. Right, the Christmas spirit. And I think the I think the Advent candles are a representation of what that Christmas spirit means, right? Hope, peace, joy, love. Last week we uh, we began with the uh, with the hope that is at the heart of Christmas. We see the faithfulness of God from his prophetic word about Jesus' future coming and the fulfillment of of that word in Jesus' birth. And that fulfillment gives us confidence that we can place our hope in Him. No matter what we face, God is right on time and will meet us in our time of need. Today we look at another aspect uh, that is at the heart of Christmas, and that is the, the wonderful offer and the promise of peace. And uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, I, what I have written down is the hope of peace. I mean, I'm, it's not the same kind of hope, but, but the looking forward to or thinking about peace at Christmas time is, is one of the primary reasons that I really love the Christmas season, right? I mean, you know, we, it's, a, it's a season of year, it's a time in which people are a little happier, Right? They're, they're perhaps a little more patient unless you go out on Black Friday and fight all the crowds and stuff with that. That probably wouldn't help me get in the Christmas spirit. But, but um, you know, we finished Thanksgiving at a time that we're focused on being, on being grateful what we have. And we look forward to the Christmas season where, where people are planning get-togethers and celebrations with family and or in friends or Sunday school classes or what you know company parties and just uh, looking forward to a time of of joy and happiness and 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 the hopefulness that just everybody will be well and get along and uh yeah you know at least that's my thoughts. It's probably also the reason that after Christmas there's such a letdown, 
right? Because maybe we really didn't, you know, experience that, that peace like we were hoping to do. You know, I know at our house, you know, with 11 grandkids, there's always somebody that's sick or they're afraid going to get sick or, or you know, somebody can't come here, but they might come here. Well, I can't do that. That doesn't work. You know, it's just this, this kind of turmoil. So these, this, this hope that we have for this peaceful, you know, joy-filled gathering, you know, is elusive is it not and uh you know as as i was asking people if they were in the christmas spirit one of them asked me back are you are you in the christmas spirit and i responded yes i am in the christmas spirit because you see you can't you can't read and study the christmas story without getting in the Christmas spirit. You know, and, and that's part of the reason that we, that we take the time these four Sundays before Christmas to light the Advent candles and to sing Christmas songs. Thank you, Wayne, for leading us in that, that uh, group of songs. I can't remember what it's called now. A group of Yeah, medley of, of Christmas songs. I could have sang twice that many, you know. But uh, because it helps get us in the Christmas spirit. Just thinking about the, the person of Christmas, which is Jesus. The person of Christmas, which is Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I, like, I like all the Christmas shows. Although none of them, none of them are about Jesus. Right? I mean, I think about, you know, it's a wonderful life. I, you know, hopefully you guys all know what I'm talking about when I, when I'm talking about that. You know, it's a, I mean, it's a story that's built on on hope and built on peace and built on reconciled relationships and and just all of that kind of stuff and and uh, you know, Bing Crosby's White Christmas and all the Hallmark shows, right? They're all about. Uh, peaceful gatherings and joyful get-togethers. And, and you even think about the kids' shows. Frosty, Rudolph, even the Grinch is about coming together and restoring relationships. And that's exactly, that's exactly what peace is. And it's the real meaning of Advent, the coming of the baby Jesus. And that's what Christmas is all about. You know, we've, Scripture this morning that we're going to look at is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And uh, we've, uh, we've read it, uh, Caleb read it as part of, the, as part of the, the medley of songs. But it says, now there were... In that same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. One of the some of the other translations of the Bible, verse 14 is kind of going to be the, the focus of what we're going to talk about today when we talk about peace. The multitude of the heavenly angels in the New American Standard Bible says this, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. The Greek word irene preached on it several months ago, but it describes a harmonious relationship in Scripture. Anytime we see it used, we see we see it used as in relationships between men that men might be at peace with one another. We see it used in relationships between nations that nations might be at peace with one another. It's used in, in describing the, the way the Lord's church ought to be. That there ought to be harmonious relationships within the church. But the, but the harmonious relationship, which is what peace means, that I want to talk about today is that, is that relationship between God and man. Because you see, that's what the that's what the angel was announcing, and that is what the, the multitude of the heavenly host. In the Amplified Bible, it says all of God's armies, multitudes beyond number of God's armies, showed up and sang that song or proclaimed that. You know, the, it's interesting that the angel appeared to shepherds. You know, you've probably heard this preached every Christmas sermon ever preached, right? But, but the angels did not declare, nor, nor did the heavenly host make this proclamation to the religious leaders or to the hot shots of the day or to the upper class. But he made it to shepherds that were working at night. Shepherds would have been kind of a low rung of the social ladder. They would have been viewed as unclean and unable to go into the temple because they had to take care of their sheep and that made them continually unclean and unable to, to enter the temple. That doesn't mean that they were ungodly men. And I think that the reason that God chose to reveal it to them first was to show us that this Savior is for everybody. There is nobody that is too low. There is nobody that is too sinful. There is nobody that is too unclean. And he said, a Savior has been born to you this day in the city of David. And then can you imagine, it says, and, and suddenly... My translation says, and suddenly there appeared a host of heavenly beings. (laughs) 
You know, do you, do you ever do you ever wonder and think about why why when when angels appear or really well I guess always angels from the Lord Jesus but when angels appear to people they're always scared the first thing the angel always has to say right is what fear not don't be afraid don't, don't be afraid right I mean, get a hold of yourself. It's going to be okay. Fear not. Fear not. And, and, and I wonder sometimes why. Is it just because they are so different looking than us or they're so otherworldly or they like just poof, show up out of nothing? Or, or you know, what is it that causes that, that great that fear? But I think it's more than just them being otherworldly. In fact, as I was as I was thinking about this message and as I was praying through that, I prayed, Lord, I I would like to so have a relationship with you. Such an intimate relationship with you that even if an angel were appear to me. I would not be afraid. Because you see, I think what provokes fear in the presence of heavenly beings is that we are sinful. You know, I think about Isaiah, right? Isaiah chapter 6. I don't remember when I, when I talked about this before. I don't know if it was Wednesday night or it may have even been last Sunday, but I, I think about the passage in I, Isaiah chapter 6, right, where, where uh, Isaiah saw a vision of the throne of God. And he said, and above the throne were seraphim. Now, I don't know what a seraphim is. He describes them. Right, angels were, were beings with six wings. With two, they covered their head, face, and with two, they flew, and with two, they whatever. I kind of didn't write it all down, but and and his response to seeing that was that he fell on his face and he said, "Woe is me! I am undone." For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And his response in the presence of these beings, because of his sinful nature, was fear. And uh, I think that that is as it should be. Heaven is a holy place. God's angels, God's seraphim, God's heavenly beings, whatever they are, they, they are holy. We are sinful. Sinful man is not holy. And sin in the presence of holiness always brings fear. Always brings fear. And it's the reason that I... I don't intend to be arrogant in saying it, but it's the reason that I say, Lord, help me, help me to be such that you have cleansed me and made me righteous so that maybe even in the presence of angels I would not be fearful. Because you see, that's what Jesus did for us. You know, when, when Scripture records that, that 
that a baby was to be born and his name would be Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God sent Jesus to help that relationship with man. You know, sin has has caused man to be what, what Scripture says at enmity with God. I don't think we think about that too often. You know, we, we focus on the, on the fact, and it's rightfully so, that God is, God is love, right? God loves us, and, and that is true. But we also have to understand that sin separates from God and causes mankind to be at enmity with God. Sin impairs man's relationship with God. And that, that broke everything. We live in a broken world that I think many times we don't think about or attribute it to just being because of sin. And, I, and I'm not talking about any particular sin of mine or any particular sin of yours that causes anything. I'm talking about just sin in general that broke our world, right? And, and, and we, we think of things like, you know, that uh, oh, well, it's, we're just going through some hard times right now, or, or yeah, I'm sick, or the kids are sick, or, or you know, we have many out uh, of our congregation, you know, that are sick and have COVID and the flu and stuff, or, or we think of it as, oh, it's just a disease, you know, that I can't get healed from, or that won't go away, or that is uncurable, or, or it's just a marriage that went wrong, a mistake that I made, or it's a or it's a prodigal child that's just not living the way that, that I think or that we think that they should be living. And the, 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 the truth of the matter is that all of that stuff is just the result of a broken world of sin. And God is not the one to blame for the state of that brokenness in our humanity. Because God is a God of love. And it was precisely because of that love that he sent Jesus. We see in Colossians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul says that, uh, that, that the Colossians were alienated and enemies of God. We see in Romans chapter 5, Paul tells the Romans that they were enemies of God in need of reconciliation. And, and that reconciliation is, is what happened when Emmanuel, Jesus, was born. Look at the, look at the words of the angel again. In the midst of the shepherd's fear right? They were so afraid. And in the midst of the shepherd's fear, the angel said what? I bring you good news. I bring you good news. A Savior is born. You have hope. 
A Savior is born. It's good news. And then, and then it says, suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in heaven. They were, they were on the earth saying this, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We were alienated and enemies the shepherds were alienated and enemies and unclean, but it was good news. The birth of the Savior brought peace. A harmonious relationship that could be restored. Because God sent His Son to be born and ultimately to suffer and to die on the cross. So you can't, we can't think only of the birth of Christ without thinking of the life of Christ and the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ which defeated death and ultimately the return of Christ when He comes back for the church. Through the birth of the Savior, peace was restored. And the unclean shepherds could be restored to their creator. God sent his son to be born and ultimately to suffer for us. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22 say, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That's the reason that the heavenly host army of angels would praise God and say, Glory to God and our peace. We were alienated and enemies, and yet He has reconciled us through His death. Ultimate peace. Peace with God. For a sinful, alienated people. That's what salvation is. Kind of brings us to the other point of that passage, though. Right? That, that on glory to God in the highest and on earth peace or a harmonious relationship among those with whom He is pleased. The promise of peace was not to all men. Now, God in His love made a way for all men to be saved. To be reconciled to himself. But, but who are the people who, who experience this goodwill that the angel spoke of? God's goodwill. Who are those with, with whom he is well pleased? I know myself. I am a sinner. You know yourself. You are a sinner. So it can have nothing to do with how good we are. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. 
So, so who are those people whom God is well pleased? Caleb read a part of it in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. Right, It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God, a harmonious relationship because we have been justified. Made justified means to be made just as if I never sinned. Just as if I never sinned. By faith. By believing. And, and that peace, Paul says in Romans, is a, is a grace. It is a gift. It is his gift that comes to us by faith, believing, and he says, and we stand in it. And we rejoice in it. And it's the reason that I believe that I can pray, God, Give me such an intimate relationship with you that even the presence of a holy being would not cause fear. Because I stand in your grace through believing and I have peace. No fear of consequence of sin because of what Jesus has done. You see how glorious that is? Oh my goodness. How can you... How can we think those thoughts, read that scripture, and not get in the Christmas spirit? Rejoicing in Jesus who saved us if we believe. Paul tells those Romans a little bit later in verse 10 that, uh, that Caleb also read, For if when we were sinners... We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. So much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. That's the gospel that Paul preached over and over. And it's the good news that the angel shared with the shepherds. Right? That reconciliation with Almighty God through trust, faith, believing, in the Lord Jesus. But that's not the end of it. There's even more. As glorious as that is. The Apostle Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And then he says this, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And you know, that's exactly what the shepherds did. That's exactly what the shepherds did. When the angel said, I, we, well, I give you good news. A Savior has been born. 
And then the heavenly host appeared, glorifying God and said, Peace has come to earth. Harmonious relationship with God is possible again. And the Bible says in in Luke chapter 2, verses 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. They did exactly what Paul was talking about. Paul said, we share this word of reconciliation because we've been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. The angels went everywhere telling the Savior has been born. Peace, peace before God has come and is available. And I tell you, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything that will get you into Christmas spirit any quicker than thinking about that. Because you see, it's, it's, not really, it's not really about the presents and the trees and the lights. Although, those are all accoutrements that help us to have a joyful right heart. I get that. Right? But the, but the peace of Christmas comes only through the person of Jesus. And he had to be born before he could die. And he had to die before he could defeat my sin and be resurrected. And he had to be resurrected before he can come back again. And we live in that hope through the peace that God gives us as we trust and we believe in him. So this morning we just got to ask you have you have you trusted in the peace that is Jesus have you trusted that this baby that was born on Christmas that we celebrate was more than a baby and he died for your sins that you might be reconciled to almighty God and that you can stand in that peace What a glorious thing that is. What a confident thing that is. What a a truth that is that allows us to, to praise God and to glorify God and to say, I will live for you. To stand in the grace, the reconciliation, the peace that God has made for us. It's a glorious thing. It gets me in the Christmas spirit. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.